0: Well, today we are not starting a new series. We're not even digging deeply into a topic. All we're doing today is we're going to talk about the story of a man named Bartimaeus. And the reason Bartimaeus is a name we know today, the reason he's popular, is not because everyone loved him. In fact, the only reason Bartimaeus was a popular person is because he was always where the crowd was. He was a beggar, he relied on people's generosity to eat. And the reason why Bartimaeus was a beggar is because of a condition that he had. Um, He wasn't popular, he wasn't well-known because of all the accomplishments he did throughout his life because Bartimaeus was blind. And I say he didn't do many accomplishments not just because he was blind, but because he was blind in a day when blind people were not really considered people. They were considered a burden on humanity. The Long story short, what we're going to see from Bartimaeus today is that if, when it comes to people who ever felt insignificant, Bartimaeus was definitely one of them. And I think that's something that a lot of people are wrestling with in this season right now. What we're going to learn from Bartimaeus today is that when it comes to a blind man who lived 2,000 years ago, there are a lot of things that he lived through that we can learn from. I think when this when this coronavirus season hit us all, we all started asking the same questions that Bartimaeus had to wrestle with on a on a daily basis, like, "Am I significant?" The things that I used to do before March, whatever it was, uh, there was so many things where it was just obvious, like, "This is what we do, and here's how we know we did a good job, and then we're done, and we move on to the next thing." But when coronavirus season hit, it's like, "What are we doing now?" And everyone is left wondering, am I still significant? It doesn't matter if you're a student or a parent or a single person or a retiree. It's like when this thing hit, so many of the things that brought us significance were changed or taken from us. And so now this is something that we're left wrestling with. I'll just put it this way for number one on our sheets. How often do you feel insignificant? When do those feelings come up for you? Lately, has it been a daily thing where you're just wrestling through your purpose, your significance in this life? Is this something that happened even before coronavirus, where you, were, you felt like you were just living a life where there wasn't much significance and you weren't making much of a difference? Today, as we dig into the story of Bartimaeus, what I want to show you is this. Bartimaeus was a man who totally understood, and in fact, he even accepted the fact that everybody around him viewed him as insignificant. But if we could put a subtitle to his story, it would be this. Bartimaeus was an insignificant man who dared to believe that he was significant to God. And his belief that he was significant to God had a profound impact on how he lived. Now, as we look at the story of Bartimaeus, Mark records it. Actually, Matthew, Mark, and Luke All those first century followers of Jesus who recorded his story, they all recorded the story of Bartimaeus, but it's only Mark, John Mark, who recorded his name for us. In fact, Matthew and Luke focus on different details altogether. They focus on the fact that there were two blind men that Jesus healed that day. But Mark focuses the story on this one person, and he does it completely on purpose, You see, he's holding up this story of Bartimaeus because there's another story that just preceded this one, the story of James and John. James and John were wrestling with significance too, but the way they tried to get it was far different than the way Bartimaeus did. And the way that Mark puts these two things up, I encourage you this week, if if you like to dig into this stuff, read Mark chapter 10, the the last um, 20 or so verses. You see both of these stories together, and Mark, with amazing detail, draws up so many parallels that we don't have time in this brief message to get through. But just for the sake of doing honor to what Mark did as he brings up these two two stories, and in order to fully appreciate the story of blind Bartimaeus, I want to just highlight what Jesus did with James and John as they searched for significance. So earlier in Mark chapter 10, Jesus had told his 12 he was going to Jerusalem to suffer and die. And apparently the 12 interpreted that as Jesus knew what his enemies were doing and he was going to defeat them. So James and John, as they recognized the danger that was before them, they came to Jesus with a blunt request. They said, teacher, do for us whatever we ask. We'll go with you to Jerusalem, we'll tag along, we'll be with you, but there's danger involved, so we want you right now to promise us something great. That word teacher is just a general term. Teacher is someone who is a master of something. So they refer to Jesus as the, the one who knew things about God. He was the teacher. Um, you, for in our terms today, we might say that if you have a problem with your car, you go to your car guy. You, you would call that in their terms, Your teacher the master of that area in your life. Teacher, do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus, being the servant he was, gave them this answer. What do you want me to do for you? And the way Mark records this question, the emphasis is on those last two words. What is it about you that I should do? And James and John, sons of Zebedee, reply with this. We want to be significant. We want to be on your right and left, when all of this is said and done and when the dust settles and when you're in your glory, when you're in your kingdom, we want to be in the places of the greatest honor and the greatest significance. To which there was a big discussion afterwards and Jesus had to work through a lot of things and there was arguing among the disciples among who, over who was the most significant of them. But then finally Jesus gets to this point. He says, what you do, I can't give to you. That's not for me to give. If you're looking for me to give you significance among people, That's not what I came to give. And he just leaves it at that. And he says, the son of man, even the son of man, did not come to be served, to be significant among people, but he came to be insignificant, to serve the people around him. And that's the story that just happened in Mark chapter 10. And then Mark transitions into another story of a very different person in a very different situation, yet someone who is wrestling with the same thing, insignificance. It starts off this way in verse 46. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, and when Mark says a large crowd, he, may, he means there's too many people to even begin to count or estimate. There's just so many people, it's a large crowd moving. They were leaving Jericho, and a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, there's there's a reason why Mark brings up his name. Usually back then you were kind of known by your name. There's almost always a meaning behind your name and that's what you were known for. But when it came to blind people and lame people and people who couldn't care for themselves, quite often they didn't they weren't known by their name. They were known by their condition. And as you look at it, this man really didn't have a name. All he was known as was the son of his father. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus. And the name Timaeus means one who is valued highly. And so the best that this blind man could do is say that he was the son of someone who was important. That's all that he had to live on. Bar Timaeus, son of Timaeus. But what we're about to see is that the son of Timaeus calls out to the son of David. Not in the way that James and John, sons of Zebedee, called out to Jesus, but in a way and in a posture of humility. When he heard, because he couldn't see, but when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth who was walking by his Place where he was perched. Now, just remember this when it comes to blind men in the first century, blind people in general, you depended on the generosity of others to survive. So, likely what was true is that Bartimaeus had his usual spot by Jericho, by the gate, where lots of people would go through, and he had his usual spot where he would sit every day, waiting for people to have pity on him, to have mercy on him, and to maybe put some coins into his hand. And he was used to listening. He knew when crowds were coming by and it was time for him to maybe start asking for mercy from the crowds. He, he was well-tuned with when is the right time to use his energy to beg and when is the best time to remain silent. And when Bartimaeus heard that this Jesus of Nazareth was passing through with a large crowd, he knew this was an opportunity, perhaps not the opportunity that a normal blind person would wait for, not an opportunity for a large crowd to fill his hands with gold or or coins, but this was an opportunity for something else. So when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, I'm the son of Timaeus. You are the son of David. Because of that, I'm asking you to have mercy. Jesus, I'm not calling you teacher, like, hey, you're my guy for healing. I'm calling you son of David. Bartimaeus had this deeply founded belief that Jesus was not just a teacher, he was not just a rabbi. He believed he was the son of God who came to fulfill what God promised to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. He believed this is the one who would settle the debt for the sin of the world. The son of David, the son of of King David, the descendant of the King David, who would be the savior of the world. The son of Timaeus was calling to the son of David, have mercy on me. Not do for me whatever I ask of you, as James and John did, but just have mercy. Have mercy. And as it turns out, Bartimaeus was not quiet about this. It was not a subtle, subtle request by any means. In fact, It says he shouted, and we know how loud he shouted based on how the crowd around him responded. Verse 48 says this, Many people around him rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. He was so loud and so persistent that the people around him were getting upset. And I'm just going to tell you this, if you're a blind person who depends on the generosity of the people around you, You don't want to make the people around you upset. Yet he viewed this as an opportunity, not to win the attention of the crowd or win the favor of the crowd, but he viewed this as the the opportunity he had to get the attention of one who could help. I'll put it this way. Many people heard that Jesus was there, but only one person shouted out to him. Many people understood this was Jesus of Nazareth, but only one called out to him as the son of David. A lot of times when you're feeling insignificant and when I feel insignificant, what we tend to do is we try to get the attention of the people around us. Maybe in seasons like COVID, you go to your boss, your employer, and you say, hey, things have changed. Like, what can I do to be helpful? What can I do to be efficient? Like, what's the new goal? What are we trying to do here? And you try to, you know, work with them, which is a good thing. It's a good thing because you're trying to work towards significance, worked with a purpose. But if that's all we have, we might win the attention of the crowd around us, but we won't be focused on the one who can change what we need to change. It's so easy to live for people's attention. But what we learn from blind Bartimaeus is the importance of living for God's attention. Now, this does not mean that you wake up at 6 a.m. with a loudspeaker and you shout out to God from your front lawn, Um, in a way that's loud and obnoxious for the people around you. Bartimaeus had to shout for Jesus because that was his context. What does that look like for you? When you find yourself feeling insignificant, what does it look like to shout for Jesus? Um, The application for that, I think, for me, is simply to remember that of all the crowds that may be around you, Maybe it's, a sm- Maybe it's just your family. Maybe it's just your neighbors. Maybe it's just the people at work. There's one whose attention that you need more. Someone who needs to see you and give approval of you that you need more than anyone else. What does it look like for you to shout out to him? As Bartimaeus did that, that was the only thing he could do. Like, he didn't care if all the crowds hated him. He was going to shout out Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was persistent. And when that happened, there's two words that just blow my mind. Jesus, as he left Jericho, stopped. He was about 15 steps into an 18 mile walk to Jerusalem, and he stopped. And if you can imagine this, have you ever like with a family, maybe you were a kid or maybe as a parent, you're going on this long trip and you get like one mile from your house and you remember you forgot something. So it's like, you stop. (laughs) I'm sure that's how a lot of the, the people following Jesus felt like, hey, we're going somewhere. And then Jesus just stops. But the reason he stops is not for the crowd. The reason he stops was for the one who called to his attention. Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Now, just imagine how big this crowd has to be that Jesus can't just tell Bartimaeus, hey, Bart, come on over here. We need to talk. But Jesus has to tell the people around him, it's okay, call him, let him come over. So, so they called to the blind man, hey, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Throwing aside the only possession that he had on him, he threw it aside, he jumped to his feet, and he ran to Jesus. And Jesus asked him a question that he had just asked James and John. What do you want me to do for you? The same question that he had just asked James and John, yet James and John failed terribly because their request was something Jesus could not give. What would you like me to do for you? The the way Mark phrases this, it's really interesting because when Mark records this question for James and John. The emphasis is on the you. Like, what can I do for you? Because it's all about you guys. What do you want me to do for you? But when Mark phrases this question for Bartimaeus, the emphasis was on him. It's bad English, but this is how the Greek rolls off. It says, what for me, I'm sorry, what for you do you want me to do? What for you do you want me to do? The focus was not on what Bartimaeus needed. The focus was on what Jesus would do for him. And if Bartimaeus was honest in that moment, the one thing that Bartimaeus needed the most was what Jesus was on his way to do. Headed to Jerusalem to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. And Bartimaeus believed that that would happen. Maybe he didn't know the timeline. Maybe he didn't know it was so close. But Bartimaeus believed that the son of David would do that for him. And so knowing this full well, Bartimaeus does not ask for the things we might expect. The blind man, in response to this question, said, Rabbi. Jesus was not his teacher. He wasn't his guy for religious things. The word rabbi implies that Jesus was his one and only spiritual leader. Jesus was his pastor the Greek word, is the same word that Mary used the moment she realized Jesus had risen from the dead and was standing behind her. Rabboni, my rabbi, my pastor, my savior. And understanding this, he could have asked for a number of things. Rabboni, Rabbi, would you please preach a lesson on generosity and mercy for all these people around me? Because they're rebuking me for calling on you. Would you please teach them a lesson? He could have asked Jesus, would, would you make me a millionaire so that I don't have to bother these fine people anymore by begging for food? He could have asked for a number of things, but instead he asked for something significant. Now, remember, if you were blind men, if you were Bartimaeus back then, it meant your life was camped. the city gate. You could not move because that's how you got people's generosity. So he didn't ask for something that would make him wealthy. He didn't ask for something that would make him significant. He asked him for something different. He said, Rabbi, I just want to see. And we might think this is an obvious question. Like, why ask a blind man what he wants? Isn't the answer obvious? But no, it was far from obvious. Yet in his answer, Bartimaeus implied that it wasn't about him. It was about what Jesus would do. And how this story concludes is so much more. It's not just that you read these 13 sentences about the life of Bartimaeus and you say, oh, there's just another miracle where Jesus heals someone. What you see going on in Bartimaeus' heart and in his mind is something profound because this is what happens right after he was healed. Immediately go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and started a nonprofit for blind people to help them. No, he didn't start a nonprofit. Maybe he did eventually. He did not go and apply for a bunch of jobs because he wanted to make the most of his life. He did not go and show himself to his family. But what he did first shows the priorities in his heart. And what he did first teaches us an amazing lesson in what we should do in moments of insignificance. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. He asked for the one thing that would allow him to follow Jesus away from the gate of Jericho. Money wouldn't have done it. Generosity from people, he wouldn't have done it. It was only with the gift of sight that he could follow the one whom he knew was the son of David. There's so many interesting parallels between how James and John asked Jesus for something, but blind Bartimaeus, it's like almost, it took a blind man to see what Jesus' closest disciples couldn't see. But what about you? Maybe this is a season right now where you're wrestling with significance. Maybe it was something that was already happening. What if Jesus, son of David, were to walk up to you in this moment and ask you the same question that he asked to James and John, the same question he asked to Bartimaeus, the question which is, What do you want me to do for you? Can you just daydream that for like 10 seconds? Jesus walks up to you. If you're not a Christian, if you're not sure if you're a Christian, What if the man claiming to be God walks up to you and says, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that question? That's a good question, I think. What this blind man knew, what blind Bartimaeus knew, is that it wasn't really about him. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about wealth. It was about something much deeper. And here's the amazing thing. The the blind man who knew and accepted that he was insignificant in front of the people... He dared to believe that he was significant to God. So he shouted out. He was healed. But the big picture of this story is that you don't need sight in order to be seen. This is the takeaway for Bartimaeus. He knew he didn't need sight to be seen. He needed sight to follow the one who saw him. He didn't need the miracle to change his life. His life was changed when he heard the stories of Jesus of Nazareth and as he compared those with what the promises of the Savior was, he believed in his heart that this was the son of David. That changed his life. He didn't need sight in order to be seen. He didn't need to be able to see in order to be significant. He believed he was significant before God because he was. And so are you. What would happen in seasons of insignificance where you just look in the mirror every day and you say, I am insignificant to a lot of people around me, but I believe I am significant to God. I dare to believe I am significant to God. What would that change in your life? Maybe you would shout a little louder as Bartimaeus did, and maybe not worry about the people rebuking you for, for focusing on the one who can save. What would it look like to shout out to him? Now, for for all of you, for many of you, maybe for some of you online, what's true of Bartimaeus is not true of us. We're not blind. But there is something. There is something that needs to be addressed, that needs to be fixed. But would you fill in that blank sometime this week? What would you fill in this blank with? I don't need blank to be significant. I don't need wealth to be significant. I don't need college done in four years to be significant. I don't need the approval of this person to be significant. I don't need to be successful like I was back in February in order to be significant. I don't need to be perfect. What is it for you? What I know is that when you believe, when you dare to believe that you are significant to God, it will shape the way that you live your life. And what we all know, is that what we need the most from Jesus is what he has already done for you. If Jesus were to stand before you and say, what do you want me to do for you? The answer would have to be, you've already done more than enough. There's no gift that that heaven hasn't given. There's nothing left remaining. But maybe there's one thing. Would you give me fill in the blank so that I can follow you? Would you take away fill-in-the-blank so that I can leave the gate of Jericho and follow you in my life? You don't need sight in order to be seen. Don't live for the attention of the people around you. Live under the attention of God's approval for you in Christ. And the story of blind Bartimaeus is simply this, that even when you feel insignificant, you can dare to live as if you are significant to God, because you are. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, you appeared to a, a blind beggar who wasn't even known as a person, the son of someone who was important. And though he was insignificant in the sight of so many people, you paused, you stopped, and you came to him. And just in doing that, you elevated his significance among the people. But yet he already knew that. He already knew that he was important to you. I know that in this season, there are so many of us that can be wrestling with what significance means for us and what it means to live a life of purpose and rearranging so many things that used to be figured out. And it can be frustrating, it can be tiring, and it can feel us with Feelings of inadequacy. Sometimes it's true. We will be insignificant compared to other people. Sometimes, even though it isn't true, we feel insignificant in the presence of others. But regardless of that, I pray you would give us the boldness to dare to live as if we are significant to you. Because we are. You proved that when you died on the cross and defeated death for. Us. So, give us wisdom this week to understand the things that have maybe been getting in the way of that belief so that we can live boldly for you. Amen.